0: It's not a competition, but then again everything is Like trying to have a conversation and afterwards asking who is Every person that you talk to is the co-host of that moment in your life might be one podcast too many, but we're only one small slice of the pie. It's the cultural content consumption appraisal I
1: You're here. You did it. You have selected this content to consume. You are consciously saying, "Okay, I'm not consuming that content. I'm not consuming this content. Although if you're looking outside a train window while listening to us, you're also kind of consuming that content. If you're maybe cutting your toenails while you're listening to this content. That's a kind of content. No, listen. This is the main content. This is like your main dish. You can be have, you can be doing side things. I think that's one of the benefits of a podcast, really, that you can be doing other bits. But welcome to the cultural content consumption appraisal hour, which. As of yet, almost—I swear to the Lord—almost has an email address. If we hadn't just walked right into a Google Meet and started debating what the email should be, um, I would tell you all to email in and tell us what you prefer. But we don't have an email address yet. Um, but welcome to the show, Christopher Anusis. How are you doing this morning? You—you you
2: got the intro wrong. <laughs> I, how? How do you... you said you're here? You did it. Yeah. we all know it's you did it. You're here. No, if you, you listen, you can't confuse listen, people like this. Jeff. Listen,
1: you think you're the super fan of the show and the producer and the everything, every it's all it's it's been changing. Has it's it? you
2: did it. You're here. It's you're here. You did it. It's, and I, I almost wanted to break it to you that you missed um, one of the words out of our show title last week as well. One oh, did back. I? What did I yeah. say?
1: The cultural. I think you said
2: the cultural content consumption hour. Uh, you missed okay. out the appraisal. No, no one would miss out the appraisal. All we would. do for this hour is appraise stuff. Jeff. Isn't that? So like, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine I would do that.
1: But um, yeah. again, I think that's one of the signatures of our show, that we almost have themes and signatures, and then... Oh, we have a theme. And then you'll it's be It's a like, banger. Oh, yeah, we do, actually. <laughs> we have an intro and an outro, and they are bangers, and uh, here I'm hearing good things back. But, um, yeah, and then we dispute them and argue about them, and uh, it's a rollicking good time. But this week we've got quite an interesting episode in store, really. We've got some really weird and odd and fun things we're looking at. But hmm. before we get started, Christopher, I feel like every now and again, who knows where, who knows why, mainly, um, they would be tuning in for the first time. But someone might be tuning in for the first time. They're thinking, Who are these lads? <laughs> by the second they start talking one of the co-hosts <laughs> is accusing the other of getting an intro wrong like this seems very combative this seems very aggy now I'm c- I'm coming in hot Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> now what's what's this show about this cultural content lava you know, what? You yes? know
2: what, though? yeah I could probably try and sum it up in 30 seconds I try and it, sum it I up don't in 30 know. seconds
1: do you reckon, i think that's too much pressure i'll spare you i don't think you've got yeah. this do you think you've got this i think i might have it oh, all <laughs> well, right let's let's try 30 seconds to describe the whole entire show to a newbie so if you're new Settle in. In 30 seconds, you are now going to be completely ready for every episode you ever want to listen to just from this. 30 seconds from Christopher Anousis Go for it, mate.
2: So my friend said, hey, why don't you check out this like uh comedy special one week and then i so i checked i checked it out and then afterwards he started to guess how much i was going to enjoy it and i thought that was a pretty that's pretty much so then he guessed it and i told him what i really thought about it then he asked me to watch another comedy special as if i'm just got time out here to watch stand-up specials all the time and then i think he's gonna ask me tell me what he thinks or guess what i I think i like it or not and then i'm gonna struggle to say this in 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the last <laughs> bit was quite accurate. <laughs>
1: so let's. I mean,
2: it really sad. I thought I was going to nail that. Oh, bless
1: your heart. Listen, before before That's we all get under pressure, to, before we get to the week that was and the week in culture, that does remind me from from that little um, description today that I think we we caught up outside of the realms and the confines of this podcast, which we do every now and again. And <laughs> you were like enough. Um comedy specials you've had it with the comedy specials (laughs) um the comedy specials can I just watch
2: a film out here please
1: (laughs) (laughs) two weeks on the trot very I mean to be fair I think it's like a super interesting contrast one over 10 years ago one couldn't be more current and blah 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 so I do look forward to to what you talk about but also um you know I can't lie when you start telling me enough comedy specials I'm like but what other comedy specials are there but I'll try and I'll try and be nice the nice thing about our show is we do um We do mix it up. Now, uh, in uh, the week that was, um, I do know one thing for sure. I'm sorry to put this on your plate, but I just do need a comment or two on it. But we did uh, watch SNL this week. Did you enjoy Saturday Night Live this week? Hosted by, is it Jenna Ortega?
2: Yes, it is. Did you enjoy? I enjoyed. I I enjoyed it. Mm. I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed the week before, and I think I enjoyed the week before that. Yeah, we we're, we're some we're, of the we're, SNL defenders out here, aren't we? we? We are. Yeah. People go, oh, it's not like the golden years. And I'm like, which golden year? Because they're all golden years.
1: Yeah, right. Whatever, yeah. it's, it's, that's one of my, the most classic sort of, whether it's a bit of pro wrestling, a bit of, you know, sci fi movies, whatever it is, your favorite era will be the first that you discovered. SNL yeah. is the classic for that. And that's why some people think objectively the Chris Rock um speaking of um adam sandler era is the best well that's when you started watching saturday night live and you feel this affection for those guys who went on to success but then you know i think the will ferrell era or the jimmy fallon era the will forte era it's who I, I think a big part of it is also who you end up bonding with and rooting for their success but yeah i think uh especially let's give a shout out because you're always um shouting them out in our conversations and they deserve a first appearance in our show notes um the please do
2: not destroy boys they're your favorites aren't they I look forward to their sketch every week. Why? You know what? And I can't even explain why. So (laughs) they're like the
1: inheritors of the, what's it called? The digital short sort of Lonely Island throne. The Lonely Island boys started this whole thing. And I really thought without those three boys, they were going to have to figure out something different. But in this era, apparently you need people who just do these remote video shoot, package things for snl yeah. and these guys are somehow just as funny but they're also different i did not think this was going to work but it's working
2: yeah so what you didn't even when they sort of appeared when they first started year.
1: it took, i took a while and this is a very classic I, saturday Night I, I live cr- like I, 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 I remember you were straight away in and i was very like hmm it's very meeting a supply teacher with saturday Night live where you're like i need to see you quite a few times especially new cast <laughs> members like this young guy with the fresh face who was doing the oscar bit I was yeah. like, you're not ready for the Oscar bit, my guy. Let's go get, you know, I can't help it. It's just like, let give me give it to a, a veteran let Keenan just do it. <laughs> who are these new people <laughs> who feel a bit nervous? And bless them, the only way they're going to get
2: I, not nervous is yeah. to do, you know, their first I think little for, for the show notes, please put their first sketch, which I
1: think was Oh, really? Hard you want seltzer? to go to their first
2: ever? Yeah, I just say, put the Hard Seltzer one in and then put in oh. one in from this year and then Me- just makes just notes hard salsa makes <laughs> notes <laughs>
0: fantastic
2: because that was the one I've watched that one and I, I don't know whether I'd just come back from America or something mm. and I just connected with it because and, and I kind of I can't remember the detail of it but I just remember vividly hard out made me crack up from, that. from day one
1: no I, I like that sometimes you can be uh convinced by a day one thing because i feel like in general i like I to be open-minded loud, like Jeff. that you did mate and that's a big oh we're about to get to the importance of whether one laughs out loud or not but um in the meantime you did have another question that emanated from your watching of saturday night live do you remember what it was because we started talking about it and i said hush your mouth shush bit. <laughs> save it for the pod do you remember what it
2: was no it was about the musical
1: guest christopher ah the
2: 1975 i love how you I phrased like it. can you try phrasing it the same way probably not okay it was something along the lines of i feel like they've been around for ages but yeah. i don't know who the hell they are yeah and what's the deal <laughs> yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was completely it that was the whole um yeah so one of those uh
1: funny ones because i really like the 1975 now um, so you've no. never... Did you actually watch the musical performances? Because I know often we skip them on SNL. I kind of skipped them. Okay, you skipped. But you, so you were, were still... Were... <laughs> yeah, go on. You were still interested in, like, who are these people? They're English. They had a vibe, they're a band. they?
2: They had they looked, a vibe. They had, like, sort of, like, dressed-down suits with hair and glasses. Dressed-down suits with hair and glasses. 100%, they did have a vibe. That's so funny how sometimes it can be someone's
1: life's work and their crowning moment to be on snl and it's amazing and meanwhile there's a guy out here going i oh, look at you with your dress down suits and your vibe skip <laughs> like, hey hey how many times do you skip it <laughs> oh i skip loads mate. i'm not hating <laughs> i'm just saying it's funny and they happen to be a band that for once i didn't skip and i really rate the 1975 you know what's funny let's all um i'm sure the podcast listeners will app- appreciate this let's all whip out our phones and mm. let's see that in let's see the date um The 1975 for Christopher Anousis. I literally made you a playlist when I was super getting into them. Um, Can you see
0: on a playlist when when you
1: made it? Uh, Details. Details. Invite collaborators. No, this is something I made for you. Yeah, I made this like three months ago. I'm not sure I ever sent it to you.
2: This is
1: good content, Jeff. It's very good content. The the people want to know about the personal uh, playlists we make for each other and share. The people are more invested in our relationship now that they know I made you a playlist. I was listening to a band and I was enjoying them. And I was like, you know what? I need my friend to sort of get where I'm coming from with this. So I made you a playlist. And then, to be quite honest, Busy Lives, etc. I'm not sure I ever sent it to you. But um, I have it. Does it ring a bell? No? Okay, well, <laughs> no. for the podcast listeners, he just gave me a very blank shrug. <laughs> but I made this playlist, so that's nice. So I think, uh, to be honest, uh, that playlist is sort of my answer. And don't worry, it won't be your homework for next week. But in general, I just want you to know I, it exists.
2: I'd be happy if you gave me an album. I'll take an album. It's, uh, fine. Yeah, maybe an that. album. Oh, actually, I mean, oh, no
1: spoilers for the end of the show. <laughs> but um, in general, just to answer that question, the 1975 are like... what could how how to describe It's like cold play but not it's like the libertines but not it's like
2: two bands i really not yeah but like (laughs) i really don't get down if if
1: those if those are super binaries of like english acclaimed bands they are like the dead middle of like they're a bit rock and roll but they're very you know that they're middle of the road but they're not they're so fun they're so good they're, they're quirky. They're great. You know you know the classic band bands where it's not like the one main guy. It's like a, a big collaborative. All four of them. They're a yeah. bit trendy. They're a bit fashionable. When I saw them at the O2, Taylor Swift came out. It was a whole thing. Like, but they're actually I think they're on the cusp of like aging out of being trendy now. Like I think a few years ago they were super like right in the pocket of being like the hot new thing. I freaking love them. I think I think they write really good pop songs and. Um, I really recommend, and yeah, hey, who knows, they might come up in homework at some point, but um, Matt Healy is the main um, songwriter and uh, singer for them, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm super into him and them, they've done a few, um, I'll put it in the show notes, I think the podcast is called Tape Op, and it's this really cool podcast where bands will talk about production elements and songwriting elements, um, I think I also listened to a Jeff Tweedy episode, like, it's so, like, technical, and it gets really into like let's just look at a few songs and really really extrapolate like how the recording process started the artists will like whip out first drafts and like how they built on it and stuff like that That and hearing here it's really cool hearing the um 1975 on that is sort of what made me think okay i'm actually about to become a super fan which is a really nice feeling i feel like of the last maybe six or so months they're one of the few bands like i super fell in love with which does happen rarer as you get older so that's been really nice for me and i insist that at some point you do too i don't know if it will be a full album homework maybe an occasional uh song thrown in there because we do like an occasional song of the week but all that said in the week that was i feel like we also it's one very quick one we're not going to do a whole pod on it but i do just need a quick take on a day you actually enjoyed on twitter for once we have to touch on Gary Lineker, Christopher. Not touch him. We have to touch on him. <laughs> that was a bit crazy, wasn't it? In the week since I, our podcast. I enjoyed
2: my social media content. Yeah. To bring what, it back round
1: what to content. So, so Gary Lineker, for people who don't know very quickly, he's the presenter of Match of the Day. He made a little comment about something going on politically. He ended up losing his... Position for that week as match the day presenter and basically everyone like almost sequentially as if it was planned, but it really wasn't. But like Domino's fall, like everyone at BBC Sports started falling. um They just stood with him and and said they wouldn't be doing their presenting duties, and BBC Sport kind of went to shit over the weekend, and nothing got aired, and was it was very it, weird. It was a
2: joy to watch, but mostly because of the solidarity, which was yes. quite nice to see. That again, uh, football has a lot of sort of. People have a lot of opinions about football, hooliganism, mm. and all that sort of stuff. But sometimes, when the fans pundits come together and want to achieve something, they can. Yes, which, which is nice to see. Which also shows that they could do better on other things as yeah, well. That's, so, that's so, so true. That's so true. So it does. So when they want to and when they need to, they can. Which mm. was very nice to see. Um, but. I will do my shout out Mm. and that the Guardian podcast came out on Monday. Um, If you can add that to the show notes as well. They dedicated the whole part one just to that Mm. and what was going on. Mm. And they didn't actually get to football until part two, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, So I I mean, and what's brilliant about the Guardian pod just to get out there. So the Guardian Football Weekly is that um, is that. Uh, Max Rushton, who's the presenter, mm. is just the average person trying to find the right answer a lot of the time. Mm. And it, so he asks the right stupid, not stupid questions and mm. therefore sometimes can really get into a subject from just someone like me who mm. doesn't know too much about the issues, but sure. wants I to learn and, and wants them. to be a better person. So it's quite nice.
1: I love that description of Max because he's like, he's very fun and every man he, but he like has such good intentions and yeah. very inquisitive mind, but he doesn't come across as like, I'm the expert schooling you. You're right, you're on the journey with him. I think that's one of his yeah. really cool uh, points as a presenter. So I, I actually... Um, I don't stick to it week to week but I am a big uh, Guardian Football Weekly fan so I will tune in to that one um, and I think they might have recorded it before the whole he was reinstated thing which I'd love to yep. hear because when it was all hot and he, we weren't sure what was going to happen I think yeah. we even had a chat right and I was like they basically have like a few days to sort this before the next round of matches um, match of yeah. day, and they've totally backtracked and now <laughs> the funny thing for me is I didn't know what the director general even looked like and what people in charge <laughs> of the BBC looked like and the fact that one of them I thought is, the director general was a character
2: in Hamilton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and one of them was um, given, uh, I think it's the chairman. He's given Boris Johnson an eight hundred pounds loan. And it's all like, oh, if, you're, if you lot are talking about impartial, this is all. And they're like, I wasn't quite as aware of it. I feel like I'd seen some of these, um, like, either stats or factoids in passing and never fully processed them until this. So it's almost like they completely fell on their own sword here. And just, like, I, I watched him, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, Ross Atkins, he's this BBC mm. news presenter, and sometimes with a really, really complex story, he'll do a cool, like, summary video on it. So there's a nine-minute summary video I'll put in the show notes of him talking through this whole BBC impartiality thing, which is a bit of a problem now. And, dude, from a, like, workplace point of view, it is mad confusing. Because Gary Linick is out here saying, like, I'm actually a freelancer for the sports team as opposed to current affairs. This doesn't yeah. count. And other people are all commenting, like they haven't fully got this figured out and then you know alan sugar out here you know presenting the apprentice but then also he was totally standing for boris johnson at the time he was running it's like okay they need to figure something
2: out um a really really interesting thing but also the the sad thing is the government got really upset because a footballer tweeted something yeah right at the end of the day if they just ignored it and moved on none of this would have happened yes exactly right i think um Uh, they were yeah they were they were sort of
1: walking this tightrope Well, I always thought there was a bit of tension there but then the fact that they told him you're not on air I was like oh wow okay you want to just bring all this attention to it and the way that they've backed down i'm sorry but wow they just got schooled by the whole backing down they just the optics of that are really like you step to Gary Lineker and Gary Lineker was like okay and then they were like sorry Gary <laughs> like all of BBC sport just stood by him it was so beautiful to see you're right if anything yeah. it's a nice little heartening story to be like okay okay guys if you can do so good with this because football culture as you say can be seen as quite um old school macho lame and uh we can clearly do better if we can all stand together like that um he sort of did take up all the news last week and this is going to be a really nice segue so bear with me but i went to the um, uh, South Southbank uh, the Royal Festival Hall at the weekend and I saw Roxane Gay, a really cool acclaimed writer who I really like um, give a talk, she's American and she got uh, asked about it and it was just really funny I'm, not, I'm sure you feel the same but when an American is asked about some British culture and they are actually in the loop a bit She was like, what's going on with this Gary Lineker thing? It was so fun to hear her take. (laughs) Um, And uh, that's also, let let me just uh, shout out uh, her writing in general. And so many tidbits from this talk were so cool that like the whole time I was just sitting there really sad, like, oh, I hope they put this whole talk, as much as I'm here in the present moment, I hope they put this whole talk on YouTube because I can't just be making notes or recording it. And that's a thing I often find because I'm um, OCD with my wanting to archive everything. But all that said, she also, one thing that she read out... Was an entire and it's on the on the interwebs and it's our segue for today. She read out a little essay about Christopher Rock and his new special.
2: <laughs> um,
1: and she had she had takes she had takes. But before before we get to, to
2: before we get her to that, takes, I still need to give you my week that was. Please very quickly. please. So uh, I went and saw Ant Man on my own in the cinema <laughs> i'm <laughs> and, so proud of you <laughs> and it was fine uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i i got excited about a post-credit scene so that that's all i needed you got to do excited there. about what sorry a post-credit scene ah okay so the scene at the end, the whole... price of admission great well it was free well it's not free because i give odeon <laughs> 15 pounds every month regardless of whether i go to the cinema or not nice okay <laughs> uh, um, and then I still proceed to buy their snacks. <laughs> Something's <laughs> oh, wrong with you, me. Right? I, I'm you. I'm I'm an Odeon Mark. I love that um, uh, for I also completed you yesterday. Wow! So no, you didn't. You
1: mean I've been in my home? What are you
2: talking about? The <sighs> Netflix show called Used. Ah, i done completed it. Tick. <laughs> I, I mean, this this feels like a satisfactory experience. Well, after the end of part one. I was kind of like, where is this going? I'm worried. Mm. And then at the end of part two, I'm like, ah, it's great. He's a psychopath. It's fine. Okay. Um, spoilers or no? That was kind of... I, I, uh, well, well, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Whoever's watching it, they'll find out. Sure, or, sure, sure. To be honest, most people have completed it already. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, because they just dropped five episodes and people at work have already said that they've seen it. And I was like, man, what?
1: When Most people have... So to all you
2: listeners out there, most of most you have people. watched it. I hope you enjoyed. Um, and... Uh, one more thing. Yes. Up on my drag race now that my partner's back from holiday. So yeah, of I'm course. happy about that. Beautiful. And finally, mm. I'm struggling with shrinking. Oh, interesting. Because I keep... That's probably the one
1: thing that stuck out um, before we get to today's content. That's the one thing that stuck out to me is like, I really want to be more on it with. Mm. So interesting to hear you're struggling with it. Um, Unless it's just
2: a lull in the season. Okay. Interesting. I'm How many episodes kind of in roughly? Six or seven now or something like that. Mm. And I'm... Um, I think I'm still one or so behind, but I'm just... The last episode was effort. (laughs) <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> which, which I feel really
1: bad about. <laughs> riddle, riddle me this, because we're nearly coming up to halfway yeah. of the podcast, and we haven't got to the, the main course yet, which is hilarious. Or odds and ends and, and these two things we're reviewing today are so, like, deep, and I'm going to I have so okay. many notes, and we have to be very careful. But okay, I'm sorry, kind of very quickly, very... No, 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 yeah. I need to stay on this just for one second. Riddle me this with your shout-outs this week. Why am I not interested in you? What's going on with me? Like, what about it is... I think they they market it as like, you know, the psychopath show. Is it just mm. because I'm not into is that genre usually needs something else for me. It's a bit like, okay, yeah, so to he's be honest,
2: mm. I wasn't into it until I started watching it. I think oh, yeah? I think I may have got to it late like I do most things. Um I think they might have already been on season 2 or something when I started watching it. Mm. Um on and I think it was just everyone was talking about it and yes. I, so I yes, just watched that. it. Mm. And then it's just the, it's the intrigue. And I'm sure I've said this before mm. on the, on this podcast, Imagine, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> um, it's about rooting for the bad person and it right. makes you feel weird yes. and wrong. Which, and I think I, I he like plays it, I think he plays it so well. It's yeah. just an interesting character. Uh, okay. So you reckon it's a big not, key it's part like, of it is
1: the acting of it, the playing of it. Yeah. Let alone th- yeah, the
2: concert. I think what was the other show I was watching? There was a show Dexter? on Amazon. I always think of Dexter when it, it was comes a show on to, Amazon to the bad guy with uh yeah. the guy from the office and he's like all CIAE, and he's an analyst and I can't remember what his name is. By the is. way guys,
1: that was CIA-Y, C.I.A. <laughs> so we all knew what he meant. Okay. John
2: Krasinski, he's in that oh, he's yeah, in that yeah. sort of show on Amazon or whatever. Okay. And he's just so like Captain America, Mm. do the right thing, Mm. gotta save the person by shooting everyone. Oh, and you find that super boring yeah oh, I, okay, like, I don't want to root to me, for this guy he seems like a douche he seems yeah. boring as hell whereas... so
1: from the outside it seems to me it's so the opposite where it's so clearly yeah. this guy's the bad guy why would i root for him it seems to me too the opposite just from the outside having watched a tiny yeah. bit of one episode but i like how you just described it what i really want to know is on the spectrum of guilty pleasure just truly quality i always mm. get the impression it's a bit more on the guilty pleasure side but is it actually a bit quality like where would you put it on the spectrum i'm giving <laughs> chris two hands to represent the spectrum on our <laughs> video call by the give me, way give me give me numbers What's, yeah, what's, so I guess ten is like super guilty pleasure, some trash TV, and yeah. zero is like primo good stuff.
2: Like three. Wow. Yeah, I
1: think it's. I think it's good. This I is, think it's this done is a take. Well. I might have to even yeah. without uh, your prompting because I feel like we've both for, for once. I feel like yeah. both of us aren't actually waiting to see how the episode goes to decide on content for the other. We've got each other's pictures for next wow. week.
2: It's it's in my holster.
1: Yeah, mine's been <laughs> my, mine's been locked in for some time now. Okay, so that's
2: really interesting now odds and ends very quickly go yes please you got any well no i'm just reading the list that you've written on our doc (laughs) (laughs) so that always sunny episode kind of like birdman right (laughs) yes that's a very old we've got old odds and ends now i sort of i'm I'm going with the flow of our
1: conversation but i I appreciate you (laughs) revealing the blueprint and the plumbing and yes we do have a google doc that we sometimes refer to and yes the it's always sunny episode did have some birdman echoes um
2: Yes. Uh, and Odds End's done. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Odds and End is
1: a very, if we need it, segment. Christopher, was there Was that, was there that genuinely anything urgent from it? I think I did. Um, oh, this is a fun one. Did, since you brought it up, I did message you yesterday and say, hey, listen to it.
2: Did you? Oh, we're here. Yeah. Guillemot's. Yeah. No, I didn't. Okay. What? I, I, I've listened to that song 50,000 times. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know why. It was just something funny about that band and the title of that song—that it's going to come up again next week. We have another week to listen to it because um, odds and ends need some material for next week. Apparently,
0: I feel like no, I have things have some
1: from today. Oh, mate. Okay, let's 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 get to it. Roxanne Gay had takes. I also watched Andrew Schultz and Charlemagne the God talk about it. Um, Brilliant idiots. I think is the name of their podcast. I've I've not only watched the special. I literally sat in the audience while Roxanne Gay read out an essay about Chris Rock's special, and then I watched a few YouTube videos with some takes. Uh, Andrew Schultz is a fun comedian on YouTube I follow, so I was interested for his thoughts because his whole thing is... I have takes on culture, but in in terms of comedy specials, I'm a comedian. I find it really hard to talk about, but his co-host sort of forced out of him. So I'm I'm full of
2: thoughts, but at the end of the
1: day, I gave it to you to review. What you're thinking, what you're saying, talk me through. You watched it pretty soon after our recording last week, didn't
2: you? Yeah, it was... Pretty much a week ago, yeah. So <laughs> that, that, I, I, that I watched it. You know it. what? Comedy so. special,
1: as opposed to a lot of other things. I bet you've pretty much forgotten it.
2: Um, I remember bits. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Good, good, good. And I remember my Your my vibe. feels and yes. vibe when and watching about it. Those. So you asked me to watch Chris Rock selective, selective outrage, uh, a Netflix special, which I didn't realize was streamed live at the time. Yeah, how I interesting! That interesting. Right? Yes, I found that interesting. I thought that was quite fun. Um, what did I think? Um... I, I thought it was quite fun, to be honest. Ooh. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was quite fun. Um, I found I just, his comedy style, and I think I don't think I've watched any Chris Rock oh, special there you previously. Go. Oh, there you go. So well, his, comedy you to mm. um, his comedy style took me a while to get used to. Mm. His comedy style took me a while to get used to. His comedy style took me a while to get used to. Chris Rock, right? Okay, I love that you've just done that.
1: Chris Rock, and I've I've seen it, spoken about it before, even he's spoken about it before. And just to speak to it ever so briefly, he's almost like, um, I guess, a musician. He has a refrain. Yep. Uh, Meghan Markle is something, something, something. <laughs> Meghan Markle <laughs> is something, something, something. And I noticed, like, to be fair to him, he does set out the premise for a joke or whatever, yeah. and then he never. It's 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 quite an interesting, cool thing he does, where he like even just to change the inflection of one word, yeah. he will never just monotone repeat how he just said it. He will up yeah. and down. He will change the, his tone ever so slightly to keep you engaged. Like, okay, he's about to tell me something about Meghan Markle, but he has yeah. to. It's. Uh, I think that's one thing that's really interesting that he's been doing even since the nineties. That is part of his style. So fun that you noticed. Yeah, I completely
2: that. forgot that he had a whole Meghan Markle bit. He, he had
1: so many bits. To be fair, <laughs> he, had he had so many, many bits.
2: bits. Yeah. He had so many bits. So the the way I the way I've done this and are my scores locked in before you, you get crazy. yes 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 yeah, yeah,
1: no yeah, yeah. no one's no one's cheating no
2: controversy no one's cheating you're out there cheating all the time <laughs> i think that might have been
1: why i said "Ooh, jeffrey we barlow said
2: is the biggest cheater <laughs> jeffrey barlow is the biggest cheater <laughs> jeffrey barlow is the biggest cheater <laughs> 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 um yeah so i uh, for me it was mm. fine all the way through yes he Yes, he touched on Meghan Markle and said, oh, poor, poor Meghan Markle, how hard her life must be. Um, and he, there was the token trans jokes in there yeah. for some reason as well. Um, but ultimately, mm. we're all there yeah. to hear what he's got oh, to say boy. Oh, boy. about Will Smith. Yeah.
1: Which, to be fair, <laughs> yeah. even though it turns out to be other layers, comedy, you've never seen yeah. Chris Rock before, blah, blah, blah. It was kind of the main reason that I gave it to you last week because I saw lots of chatter about this and
2: I wanted to watch it. And and, and what I liked was Mm. he was dropping bits throughout the entire show, teasing the audience that he had an opinion and he was going to say I don't need another
0: rapper angry at me. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he he kept sort of dropping those hints throughout it, teasing the audience, which made you think he's not going to actually say anything and this is all he's going to do. Right. And then, to be honest, it Mm. was fine all the way through. Yep. and then last five minutes, the guy unleashed holy yeah. hell. Yeah, <laughs> on, yeah, a little bit um, on Will Smith and Jada. Yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for me, that was what that was that was worth sitting through all of it. Just oh, really? Did that, that super work for you? Yeah,
1: yeah I just yeah. I
2: just thought it was fun. He just kind of gave you some context and just sort of said, "What the fuck," mm. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And yeah, but I feel like you've been you've probably got more takes than me no not even no this is, you, this is you've 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 read essays <laughs> you've listened to reviews and well, podcasts
1: but the, the main takeaway of the essay was just Roxanne gay saw it as like an opportunity for chris rock to sort of look a bit more inward and be a bit more vulnerable it very much reminded me of after louis ck's controversy i mm-hmm. wanted his he was my favorite comic at the time because he was so like inward looking and what's the word like self-analytical and things like that Mm. and then i as a really quite demanding comedy fan and fan of my heroes i wanted him to like really reflect on how the whole cancelling thing happened how it made him feel and blah blah blah. and that took him understandably as a human many years to process and his first Mm. comedy coming out of the controversy was a lot more just aggressive and normal comedy because he was going back to his day job so to speak putting on his hard hat and picking up his lunch pail kind of stuff. And I was a bit let down and I was like, Oh, why isn't he like immediately super introspective about this? And it's like, well, sometimes it's hard to do that. And I think Roxanne was like, he almost was like doing his equivalent of the slapping back, getting Mm. his revenge in that way. And I actually saw that as a more, it should have been his an opportunity for him to go more inward and see what the whole thing was about. And I, I get what she's saying a little bit, but at the end of the day, um, this is something I've, I'll never get over about the slap, and I'm going to word it as um, articulately as I can.
2: Motherfucker got slapped. Yep, and that was another thing. So he 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 when people he, he talks about people asking him if it hurt, and he went, "Yeah, it fucking hurt." <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and and to be honest, I think Chris Rock has yeah the kudos that he needs because yeah. of the way he took it on the night and how he acted professionally on the night. Hundred percent. I think he's earned the right to come out a year later yeah. and just go to town unleash go for it bent mate then yeah.
1: i'm 100 it's like i'm i'm i saw a lot of twitter chatter not rating him for it or taking Will's side and i'm like listen we can do a will smith forgiveness tour and whatever later <laughs> I'm, I'm not like saying he's an irredeemable person far from it but like to to deny chris rock his moment to process this in whatever way he feels like he needs to after like i'm sorry but one of the weirder cases of like globally streamed humiliation a
0: physical attack and
1: I, I feel like i'm still not over how that happened it was the craziest yeah. thing i still remember us messaging the morning after the internet exploding like it's still very surreal that that even happened um it might be one of the weirder things that's ever happened at an awards ceremony ever and mm. um i'm glad yeah maybe you know, some people might have wanted the whole special to just be about that and unpicking the whole thing. Man just got a bit angry and fired up at the end and took some shots, and I'm kind of here for it too. I'm kind of okay with it. I think um Yeah. I think other things is like there is this whole thing of his generation of comics being like a bit dinosaur like and having the, the token trans jokes, right? Yeah. So his weren't too, too nah, they were yeah. sort of alright, but it is like it is you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like the idea of like an older uncle who you rate as quite funny. And it's like, oh no, but now that the culture's moving quite quickly, I'm not sure he's fully keeping up. And it's, yeah. yeah, you don't need everyone to be fully, like, on the right side of what currently is politically correct to say about everything. I like that he gave himself the chance and breathing room. I like how he contextualized it, too. He was like, these are jokes you can't say at at work and you know you can yeah. get in trouble for saying things at work like i think he gave himself that that breathing room because it's the whole thing about comedy is you have to go to that edge right and it is a problem these days that and,
2: is and i think he he did have mm. sort of bits on council culture and yes stuff like that in general as well so yeah i think he's kind of trying to lean into it a bit did you laugh out loud yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I did. Good,
1: I I, yeah. I laughed out loud a few times. There Again, was one... it
2: was it's a week ago. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. I'm fully retrospective, right? Now. <laughs> I, I I totally hear
1: you. But there was one uh, particular. Um, I think he was doing a bit on um, people I don't really know about. To be fair, the Kardashians and like Kris Jenner mm-hmm. like welcoming everyone in. Yeah. <laughs> and she and she was he was doing a thing. He goes, "Come in here, you genius bipolar motherfucker," talking
0: about Kanye West,
1: <laughs> and that really got me too. The way that he yeah. really passionately talked about how like he's been working since he was seven years old he was sweeping up at supermarkets or whatever he's made millions of dollars over the years and every and he's like the way that sometimes you can tell the sincerity level he like really hammered it every dime i've ever made has been either for pussy or pussy adjacent. (laughs) and then he goes on (laughs) to tell you about how all the money he's made is for women in his life and either impressing or getting women um to put it less crudely P-p-pussy than he did. pussy adjacent was a nice. <laughs> I know, term. right? I found that really. <laughs> I find that really good wording. Um. Oh, mate. I think the. I think the. The hardest laugh, and I actually swear to God, he laughed during the delivery. He almost mm. ruined the delivery. My ex-wife is the smartest woman I know. She got just as much money as me. Ain't funny at all. That was, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really funny line that really got me. The whole story about his daughter. That mm. I. Th- I thought this should be a bit more controversial than anything because he talked about basically helping her get kicked out of school for being a bit irresponsible because she was a bit too spoiled and then he'd never actually told his ex-wife or daughter about this and they were going to find out about it for the first time by watching this on netflix and i was watching it and i had a big old laugh but i was like if that's true (laughs) that's a bit weird i did find that a bit odd because like i like that's... that you're
2: taking me down memory lane Yeah, right? nice. I'm, I'm recount-
1: <laughs> recounting the yeah. specialty you. do you remember finding that a bit odd or were you just laughing
2: away because i was like i thought it was funny i, yeah. thought, it, I thought it was a nice touch yeah, yeah. interesting because yeah. i was a bit like and now, and now i might be mad actually, at you out, hanging out in paris with, with his mum. yeah no yeah. oh mate the, the button he put
1: on it about now she's one yeah. of the coolest people i know really yeah. good stuff but i was like if i was the daughter i'd be like wait what if all these years I've been nursing heartbreak about (laughs) losing my place at that school? So like, I don't know if that's going to become a problem in his personal life or whatnot, but no, in general, Mm. um, I did, I did, uh, really enjoy it every now and again. Yeah. Whenever he would get on current affairs stuff and a bit of like, he has to just talk about trans people. Sure. Right. Oh, abortion. That was a really interesting one. Right. Where he was like, I see both sides. I like my girls. So I am kind of pro life, but actually I want them to have full autonomy over their bodies. it's like, you feel him walking that tightrope of like, it's hard to say stuff sometimes, but I think he did really well with it. But I did just always feel that cringing, like you're just, you're an older man. And to be a comedian, you have to be relatively fearless. And it's just getting harder in this day and age. And every now and again, I, not, not every time, but every now and again, I'd wince like, "Uh, you didn't need to, Mm. but very, very rarely compared to, uh, basically what I'm thinking of when I talk about this is Dave Chappelle. So he's ended yeah. up in this weird Netflix vortex of like every yeah. now and again he threw out a trans joke and it just got him so much more um, backlash. That by the end of his little Netflix run, I feel like yeah. the whole point and narrative of his last special was the trans stuff. And I was like, bro, like <laughs> there's other stuff just to talk
0: go. about. Yeah,
2: man. And 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 this this is my bit. Is just and I keep I'll keep saying it. Yeah, I'll please do th- shouting out James yes. Acaster. James Acaster when, 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 when he talks about it is just be funnier just do do better jokes you don't need to if yeah. you're really a good comedian you don't need to, and pushing the boundaries is not an argument as far as i'm concerned it's, yeah. just, it's just stupid it's unnecessary
1: i think it's the punching up and yeah. punching down thing too like there's such yeah. a
2: marginalized people and like
1: there's really i'm not sure um uh, if if chris rock did i remember it he sort of had a joke about elon musk or whatever but just like in terms of the way society is right now there's a lot of people to punch up at right now i don't know why we're punching down it does just feel like that everyone has to talk about it topic when it comes to a few of these things oh and just and just let me just spend one second on it the word woke in general like what the hell happened to that (laughs) do you remember a few years ago when it was just a good nice word about being a bit informed about shit and that was an insult and now it's just the craziest, weirdest insult, and I still don't fully get it. But it just goes to show how interesting it is that how language can be weaponized like that um, in the culture so quickly. Okay. So let's get to some scores, my friend. Um, I bottled it, clearly, because you actually had a good time. And I was just looking at the cultural noise it made. And I've got my yeah. my friend who I'm quite politically aligned with, Christopher. And I was just seeing a lot of people get a bit triggered. Are
2: we politically aligned? I think so, roughly. I'm as right wing as they come. <laughs> I'm out here with Joe lycett <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're Thank good. Um, That's my joke of the week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, that uh, mm. is more from this is a lesson learned for me. That was more from the noise the special was making rather than the special itself. um yeah. I took quite a while to get to watching it myself. So my scores were across the board. Mm. Um, I actually had gone for a two for anticipation, a two for enjoyment. And a two for in retrospect. So that's oh a bit... Dear. I know I over twos oh across dear. the board. I didn't think Jeffrey. you were going to have a good time. And, oh, you screwed me over. I've just realised you cheated. You gave me a whole, as I mentioned, don't give me any more comedy specials line. So I yeah. thought you were fed up. So that's well played, mate. That was a very subtle little... Is a um,
2: definition of shithousery? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't even ready for it. I didn't realize yeah. we were doing it. But could, could um, you do me a favor, by the way? Do you do you
2: understand the word shithousery? Yes, I feel like I and do. Could, could you explain it? For any <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you. That, that other... is, doesn't. That, that doesn't listen to football podcasts. And... This is really
1: bad. But my first reaction is argy bargy, which
0: also probably <laughs> <laughs> needs to
1: explain. Shithousery is just. Um, You know, banter and having a bit of a go at the other person and using um, not necessarily by the rules sort of means Mm. to get in their head or throw them off. Is that what shithousery is basically?
2: Yeah, so in football it's going down when you're not really injured and just wasting time. Classic shithousery. Classic shithousery.
1: (laughs) There's something in cricket, what do they call it? It's when you're like screaming at each other. Snoring. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry cricket fans, Christopher is not here for you. Now, we're going to try. We've, sorry, we've, sorry, 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 sorry. So you went add, two. I went twos two, across the board two. and we've added wow. some some big effects just to to really like make you feel like you're in the room with us as we're about to do these scores. So I'm not sure, but oh you're ready. But Christopher, before your scores.
2: What have you got? That's not coming through.
1: It's not coming through? Nope. <laughs> not at all.
2: Nope, not at all.
1: I played a drum roll for my phone, ladies and gentlemen. I was so psyched about it.
2: If, if if we weren't recording really late, I'd try and add that in. Oh, bless you! No, I no, ain't no. Got time for that. <laughs> this has what, got to be out tomorrow, Jeff. What did you score, um, mate?
1: What did you score?
2: I scored three in anticipation. Interesting. And it would have been uh-huh. a three in enjoyment if. But the Will Smith stuff at the end wow, picked it up, you and gave it a four. I, I just I enjoyed that 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 moment. I was like, in that moment, I was like, I'm having fun. Oh, wow. It's taking me an hour to get here, but right. I'm now having fun. Right, and then it went back down to a three. In retrospect, oh, so I,
1: so I was three. off by one, two, and one. I was off by four. That's the most I think I've been off. That's fantastic. That's actually like a really nice sort of. Well, there you go. I didn't expect that, which is more a charming part of the show than i realize it's not just about the competition it's about being surprised by your friends wait is this a competition (laughs) oh you know what to a degree everything is christopher now
2: why (laughs) jeffrey
1: in the fuck did you do this to me that's my question
2: jeffrey yes by uh stalking your social media presence randomly Mm. facetiming you while you've been doing stuff Mm. you've been going deep Mm. into the back to the future (laughs) you got this (laughs) (laughs) so i asked you to watch back to the future and all i've seen you watch is documentaries and music videos
1: (laughs) who needs to watch the thing
2: the funny thing was you were like Um, can we try and get this to keep this 10 minutes yeah yeah oh I'm, i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna smash it um yeah you were like i i as of yesterday i still hadn't watched it and you were like you have to watch it you're not nailing the in retrospect stuff and it occurred to me later but i was i wanted to be like bro I'm like a 34 year old man. I've watched Back to the Future a million times, like all of us. What do you know, there's no rush here. In retrospect, we'll be fine. Um, I guess maybe if I hadn't seen it since I was a child. Well, when was been... the
2: last time you watched it? Great question. Christy, yeah, at least
1: it. at least 10 years. So fair enough.
2: <laughs> at least okay. 10 years.
1: But that's how prevalent in the culture it still feels that I uh, yeah. While watching it, it just it felt like it's weird. it's weird. It felt like listening to the Beatles or doing something like just classic. Yeah. It's just classic. It's so embedded in our culture. Um, I actually wrote it down. Um, Back to the Future is Star Wars for people who can't be fucked. Okay, <laughs> we don't need <laughs> we don't need a whole universe and all this shit and characters. We just need a bit of a time travel thing, a bit of a love story, and like we'll get behind mild it.
2: incest. listen, <laughs> <laughs> a few bits.
1: But like at the end of the day, it's like it feels like a myth. It feels like a fable. Um, uh, if anything, by the end of it. Um, I was like, gosh, Darn it! I need to watch two again because, um, yes, I did watch um, some documentaries on the making of um, super interesting stuff, dude, very quickly. But Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis had already mm-hmm. done um, two things for Spielberg, a movie called I Want to Hold Your Hand and a movie called mm-hmm. 1941. And they were both flops for Spielberg. He directed 1941. I think he just produced, I want to hold your hand. So that when he was on board for this, they were both a bit like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this with Stephen because we'll be known as like the Stephen guys who always give him like stuff that doesn't work for him. So like yeah. really, really interesting stories about health. Uh, isn't it interesting to go back to a film that now just seems like such a... There was no question it was going to be a, a mega hit and find out yeah. the days of when it wasn't. Oh, the guy, um, the producer and funder wanted to call it Spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> that was his one note he had no other notes and then spielberg was like this guy is the guy giving us our money he has no other notes we have to be respectful about this so the way that he handled that note was he just said oh mate this i love that you've like really really appreciated our humor and given us a laugh to get started this morning thank you for all the good vibes or whatever and he sent that note back and then he just never heard from him again which is just a crazy funny story um but in general watching the film i had a blast i loved it um it's funny it's one of those things where you've got a few things like this but for the listener to be aware this is one of christopher's signature like landmarks of just art in general he loves this content however it comes out musical marathon screenings whatever it is he loves it so i can't help but like part of me when watching it is like oh christopher um but also bloody i'm uh a fan of it too from childhood and i'm sorry it's it might be the wrong word but michael j fox is the cutest man who has ever lived like i don't know how he (laughs) rides this line of like you're a bit kind but you're a bit you'll stand up for yourself but you're a bit of a short king but you're a bit of a sweet ass guitar player but you're a bit attractive you're a bit funny he's got everything he's just the best
2: um and so I, I tried to articulate this last week, and I did it really badly. Okay. So I'm going to try again now. Please. But when I need listening you to, because like, this is
1: such a you yeah, thing, yeah. so you need to. When
2: aware. when 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 listening to uh, Brett Goldstein's podcast, oh. "Films to Be Buried With," someone Shout was out. talking about Back to the Future, oh. and they nailed it when they said, "When you're young and you're watching Back to the Future, you all want to be Marty McFly. Sure. But when you grow up, you're you George. realize you're George McFly. You're George. And I and I was just in my head, I was like, that is. The most perfect way yeah, yeah. of saying that, yes, Marty is everything anyone wants to be because he mm. ticks all the boxes. But sure. in reality, we're all that weird nerdy guy. Well, a good <laughs> who has point no was confidence.
1: made. A good point was made in the documentary that I sort of wouldn't pick up intuitively while watching and enjoying the film. But like, Marty doesn't really have a journey in the film emotionally. Mm. He's got a back to the futury adventure one, but the emotional yeah. arc is George's. He's the one yeah. who
2: grows and has to overcome a thing and all this stuff. And, and, and the saddest thing about the trilogy is mm. that oh crispin glover dude
1: watching the documentary about how he basically would just dug his feet in wanted more money he was a bit of a unique personality yeah the way that they then had to work around that he's so good in this film bro and i'm sure that two and three have lots of good points but you're right it's an utter tragedy they weren't able to to keep him um his scenes with Mm. biff being a bit of a pushover like i am i am someone who like in my personal life i often think about like being a bit too nice or people pleasing and i occasionally like i like have to focus and do the work to like set boundaries stand up for myself all this stuff i was watching him like oh my god that is so cringeworthy to be that pathetic and just walked all over and like that really just struck a chord with me like the way he played it sure thing biff and all this stuff oh mate it just it just hurt like it felt like a very realistic even though it's a cartoonish performance yeah. Something about how pathetic he was like really, really just hurt me, and I think that's a really great performance. The way he laughs, by the way, this is just a small thing, but the way he laughs on yeah. the television while his wife's trying to talk to him or whatever. No, Crispin Glover. Do you know what's funny? I was thinking, like, imagine hanging out with Crispin Glover, Crispin Glover and Michael J. Fox. like Two very different kind of yeah. dudes. Michael J. Fox in the documentary on the making of really rates him, by the way, so I'm happy to hear that. Um, but you're right. Uh, Brett Goldstein, that point made is true, and Crispin Glover is kind of just as much the star of this film as michael j fox interestingly i think culturally a big part of why this film resonated for as many years maybe to you resonated i want to ask but um it's actually the weird interplay and dynamic and connection between doc and marty and it's a very um unique sort of older guy and younger guy but like just very this is a word that kept popping out to me they're just very tender with each other it's very adorable um and even to this day like they were on the one show recently michael j fox and christopher lloyd and they're just yeah. a really sweet little pair so like it's just their friendship i think is one of the hearts of this film let alone chris ben glover's little heartbroken face and beautiful hairstyle it's their relationship and i wanted to ask you am i missing a, as a back to the future superfan yeah am I no. am i missing a trick or why in the hell are they friends in the first place
2: we don't know. We really? Don't
1: that never know.
2: even... <laughs> don't ex- pull at that thread, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> There's
1: a few threads to pull on. Another thread yeah. that I found myself like with this whole recursive time looping thing that I just cannot keep up with. Shout out to the film Looper that Christopher hates and I love. Um yeah. I was thinking, so wait, they met there, They met Marty when they were getting together and then what? They're just going to go on later to have a kid who looks exactly like that guy from high school. Like I started going down that wormhole in my head. Dude, don't go
2: down that wormhole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. But
2: um Although just yes. saying that yeah if you sort of do you remember everyone you hung out with in high school because <laughs> i don't <laughs> if one of, if one of my children people who go chris yeah. and i go who
1: <laughs> yeah no <laughs> that's a very that's a very good point as we get older just, just, everyone's blurring yeah. together one of my children a week ago 100 <laughs> oh yeah. another thing that just did seem a bit dated because most of my reviewers just loving the hell out of it but something that yeah. is dated you've got to agree the whole libyans thing
2: like oh boy <laughs> they changed that in the musical oh did they to what i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> i remember it was different oh no it was sort of his doc's suit rips and nice. then he starts to get poisoned by the stuff so he's then sort of nice um starts dying or something so rather than getting shot mm. he sort of dies from plutonium oh, or fantastic. radiation poisoning or something so they got rid of the whole libyans bit which great is great scott um yeah
0: I but do, talking
2: about um, how yes. the characters are almost, or is it almost comical? But there's still that edge yeah. that they're sort of leaning. Yeah. The, the, what I struggled with with the musical was that it was all dialed up to eleven. Oh, that's interesting. so they, they so leaned into all of that stuff mm. because obviously it's, it's a crowd pleaser. It's 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 the West End. They've got a appeal to everyone. They go for the lowest common dom- lowest common denominator in yes, jokes, of course, and stuff like that. So,
1: well, that's yeah, that's super interesting because even watching the the documentaries, they were talking about how like by um, you know, for the sequel, they were thinking a bit about um, Steven Spielberg was anyway. Empire Strikes Back and like the darker, yeah. Um, and then by the third one, they were thinking of like John Ford movies and classic westerns. And I was thinking, I bet John Ford would not have rated these films, but like they were still inspired by pretty real stuff. I love the idea that by Episode three, Episode three, it's not Star Wars, Jeff. Come on, I like the idea that by Back to the Future three, which I remember being very like. I was weirded Eh. out as a kid. Like, why did they go for Western? Like, that's not my stuff. But I think now I get the, like, cinematic context of that being, like, a huge genre for Mm. the filmmakers growing up. Um, But uh, Doc basically becoming a bit more of a romantic interest by the third film. I really want to watch it now. The documentaries did make me really want to watch it. So much of... um... Dude, a big part of me enjoying this was consuming all the extras. I'm a big extras guy. I haven't really dived deep into extras for a while. So my enjoyment was super impacted by just these documentaries where it's like 10, 15 minutes of just the guy talking about the, the soundtrack or picking Huey Lewis and the news. i never knew that the guy watching the audition was Huey was Lewis. Him. Yeah. I didn't know that until this documentary and like Steven Spielberg talking about it. like, the way that this man talks about these characters, just like how he gets invested in everyone and everything, to someone else it might just be some popcorn fluff, but it just goes to show why he's so successful. He gets super yeah. invested in everything. Bob Zemeckis, who, Robert Zemeckis rather, who isn't as prevalent these days. I don't know quite what he's up to, but like at the time he was on a, such a hot streak, man. Um, watching these extras really did make it for me, to be honest with
2: you. A so, couple of questions mm. then. Besides the Libyans, which we don't need to talk about, yeah. does it hold up? Do you oh, think it holds up as a movie? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's,
1: I don't know. This is I, the thing. Watching it, it almost feels like reading an ancient text. Or, like I say, I don't know why listening to the Beatles is coming up, but it's just like the only way I could get bored and tune out is because I felt like I knew it so well. It was nothing against it. If I stayed tuned in and locked in, I was having yeah. a whale of a time. Every time, like, my attention would just drift for a second. It was just because I felt like I'm so familiar with this material. Yeah. Um, to be honest, the one part that did super. Uh, lose me, and I really had to like consciously like no, even though you're watching on your shitty little laptop, like pay attention. Was like the very final bit where the, the stakes are really high to get Marty back to the future. Yeah, because it just felt like I was very there for like the parent stuff and the the dance, and um, I I I remember you know Marvin Berry, very good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, one of the greatest punches thrown in cinematic history, by the way. Can we just say Biff takes it like a champ? He spins he with the dazed look on his face fantastic oh in terms of the whole um culturally it just feels so familiar when watching it It sort of reminds me i had this feeling recently i was like what was it it was home alone watching that over christmas it's like yeah you can lose yourself and get back into it again but then also if you have it on his background and it's just there and you sort of know it scene by scene it's also uh lovely in its own way but um and one of the best last lines in a movie ever um there's so much where we're going we don't need where we're going we don't need roads uh yeah oh and i i love i loved his i don't remember loving this so much uh when marty was making a big deal of like how come you actually read the letter then and he was like well i guess i figured what the hell that's a great line that's a great <laughs> yeah. line after all of that stuff that's such yeah. a good that's some good housery from the filmmakers there it's like we make a big plot point of this thing and then he just did it anyway love that for him um yeah you know uh i can't remember uh you know just the threads you don't want to pull out how did marty know the chords for earth angel
2: <laughs> Sorry, but it just occurred to me. Um, George McFly writing. No, but stuff. They had a quick rehearsal when they went back in. The guy hurt his hand. He went, mate, it's C D G. It's fine. You, yeah, exactly you
1: right. I yeah. didn't. I never really noticed the theme because they don't hit it too too hard. But the whole theme mm. of like pursue your creative dreams despite fears of rejection and that's the best Mm. way to live a life and how like marty's got it with his music and his dad in the bad future so to speak doesn't do it and then in the good one he writes a sci-fi novel called a match made in space that's really sweet um i wonder if they hit that harder or less hard in the sequels but i find that really nice a good point made in the documentary about how it aged Mm. i wonder what you think of this as they sort of framed them being super financially successful as like Everybody won, and he's got a nice
0: car,
1: and got a good job. And and Robert Zemeckis was talking about how like that was super eighties, and that wouldn't land as nicely in other time periods. What what do you think?
2: No, that's a good point, which I probably haven't thought about yet.
1: Um, during the Michael J. Fox nailing the choreography of that performance scene, I just thought it was wildly charismatic, and he was on a mad one. But then in the documentary, they talked about how like he did the Pete Townsend windmill, he did the Jimi Hendrix playing it behind his head, he did the Chuck Berry duck walk, like. It was very choreographed, basically, but he still absolutely smashed it. Um, Michael J. Fox is such a star, and basically, uh, I, I really, I don't know how I'm going to make time for it because you're going to give me other stuff now. But uh, mm. I want to watch more extras. I want to watch all the sequels. I had such a good time. Um, so yeah, I'm spoilers for my scores, but guys, I had, I had the best
2: time. So,
0: I was quite absolutely. mad at you. That last was 15 week. minutes
2: when I gave you 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so. Yes. Hold that thought. You were mad at me when I gave it to you last Yeah, week. exactly, right? Because my guesses for you, Jeff, mm. three mm. in anticipation. Yep. Four. Yep. In enjoyment. Yeah. Five in retrospect.
1: Nailed it. All, th- yeah! all three. You did it.
2: Yeah. Is that did your first. It. I'm here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be your first ever. You got all three. Nailed it. Wow. How did you guess a five before my uh
2: review? Just knew, how could you not give that PDF Confidence,
1: <laughs> okay, fair
2: enough. Yeah, fair enough. Otherwise, I would just like it. disconnect this Google Meet and be gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, even uh, one more thing to shout out, just because uh, you know, as I say, sometimes you're so overly familiar with it. But like, even the idea of like treating your parents as real people, which the time traveling thing does, and the whole thing yeah. came from Bob Gale, the co writer with Robert Zemeckis, going back to his hometown after writing yeah. a movie. And sort of looking through his old yearbook and seeing stuff about his dad and just him having a daydream. Like, I wonder if I'd even get on with my dad if we went to yeah. the same high school. That's how the whole thing started. And just the idea of Marty te- teaching George to stand up for himself is quite a sweet and lovely idea. Yeah.
2: So listen, yeah. I, I'm, even if they were originally going to make the time machine a fridge,
1: even if they were originally going to make the time machine a blooming fridge. Can you imagine?
2: yeah um, right that is what it was wasn't it I yeah 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 oh they had like a, they,
1: they had a few different things but fridge fridge was high up there and then one yeah one week passed and then suddenly the whole delorean thing and history as we
2: know it's to of, this day mm, i still want a delorean <laughs> of course you do
1: dude but speaking of like oh we made the wrong call let's like you know mm. on the fly work something else out <laughs> they spent five weeks filming with eric stoltz That, to me, is... I feel like, as a younger person, I might have heard that fact. I'm like, yeah, but they weren't feeling it. I get it. No, no, no. In the real adult world, five weeks with someone is no joke. So, like, to to go back on that, let alone for business reasons and get the money for funding again and shooting everything again, just for this poor guy. How did they do that, bro?
2: Because they did want Michael J. Fox initially, but he was doing family ties and he couldn't go back and do it. So then they cast someone else and they were like, nah, it's not working. Dude, five weeks, man yeah that's a
1: bit crazy isn't it and the whole i didn't even realize this but the his girlfriend jennifer not being the same actress for two and three let alone they couldn't get crispin glover back um oh, yeah. yeah
2: yeah i think yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that was
1: interesting she just had life stuff going on and they literally just filled her in oh and my, the mum
2: by the way the mum is brilliant in, oh, in this the movie as
1: well. so good she's so good she just plays uh, that teenage girl names, i felt really bad no she's great though um yeah michael j fox was talking about in the sequel because they had to do a lot of like reshooting stuff they'd already shot and new angles yeah. of it and stuff he was just talking about like how he like had to do the slide on his knees for the guitar bit and he like for the sequel he was like 29 and he'd first done that when he was 24 and it like hurt his knees and he was like i can't do this anymore <laughs> and i was like bro i'm 34 out here man um I just had the best time. Like, um, you have to stop this podcast, Chris. I can keep talking about your favourite okay, film.
2: Okay, 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 okay. So we're going to have to whistle through our pitches for next week. Whistling, whistling. You can... Shall I, I, I... Whistle at you your Okay, so uh, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. On BBC One, what's happening? And it's quite funny considering how we started this podcast talking about the BBC and Alan Sugar. Mm. I want you to watch the final five episode, the interviews episode of The Apprentice. What is happening right now? The final five episode—is that what it's called? Not five well, episodes. Well, so so be careful because the BBC are very good at doing a final five where it's an hour about oh these are the final five that are in the Apprentice, and it gives you a bit of their backstory. I don't I want, want you to that. watch that. No, I want you to watch the interviews, which is the. Okay. Which is, I think, you don't need any backstory for. Wow, okay. These, these five people have a business plan. Mm. They take it to Alan Sugar's, like, closest comrades or whatever. Mm. That was mm. a choice of a word. Yeah, no, I and, appreciate that. <laughs> and therefore, and then most of the time, they get absolutely slated. And by the end of this episode, there'll be mm. two left mm. going into the final next week. It's a and as reality TV goes, as guilty pleasures go, another callback to earlier in this episode... Mm. I want you to watch it and tell me what you think because I think you will appreciate sitting in front of someone doing an interview and as awkwardness <laughs> <laughs> as it would be. Dude, I've, I've, I've here or there. I've watched
1: either a few full episodes, few moments of Apprentice, yeah. and it always seems interesting. Uh, no, I'd be, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, yeah. Okay, You're just watching five
2: people get really awkwardly grilled and I think fantastic. It's and
1: then there's a winner at the end. It's the
2: finale. Why not? No. Well it's not the finale those five become two by the end of the episode
1: Ah, okay and then the, the two will next week be a finale yeah it goes from five to two interesting yeah has that always been the way yep is it the exact same format as the one that donald trump helmed all those years i led, don't know i never watched that one led to him becoming yeah okay yeah. so for you for me a really interesting one um mm-hmm. you, you get to listen to music this week um boop, boop. it's an album that i haven't listened to uh, oh, this is starting to happen, but I, I I've really wanted to listen to it for quite some time. It is called. Mm. It is the thirteenth studio album by a band who okay. I feel like from a distance you could appreciate and salute and be like, cool guys, cool beans, good is stuff. It the Stones or something? Oh, imagine, imagine, <laughs> no. But it is another band that I saw play a stadium last year. It's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's called Return of the Dream Canteen.
2: And Return of the Dream Canteen. Return
1: of the Dream Canteen. And it's the second
2: album they've recorded since John Frashanti has returned to the fold. If he... I feel sorry for the other guitarist. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> he comes in, he saves the day. And then when John Frusciante shorted his shit out, he gets kicked back out of the band. It's like ch- I just feel just really sad.
1: John Frusciante <laughs> shorted his shit out. Um, dude, I'll, I'll happily, I, that shit freaks me out, intrigues me. I could do a whole podcast next week just about that and not the music at all. So yeah. if you want to go down that rabbit hole with me, let's go. But first, do me a favor. Listen to the album at least one time, preferably two if you have time. But Return of the Dream Canteen is the name of the album. Since returning, they've made an album called um, Unlimited Love. And that was like their comeback album. And a yeah. lot of people had a lot of things to say about it. But at the end of the day, it was like we haven't played together for 10 plus years. Whereas this one, in theory, they've now done an arena tour. They have found their feet again. So I'm, I've really been looking forward to it. I just haven't had the time yet. And I feel like you've ne- you've always been a... You know, I can appreciate a few songs, but I ne- you've never been a Chili Peppers guy.
2: I, I like the Chili Peppers. I was just upset that when I went to go see them live, they didn't play my favourite song. Oh, really? Okay, but um, yeah. Y- so then, and, and they play for an hour, and that was it. And they just that was it. It was just seemed like a very concise Interesting. Interesting. thing. When did you see them? I saw them at the O2. 02... Oh. You saw them probably five, six years ago. Oh, nice! Maybe six years. So that ago was during like that. the Josh Klinghoffer era, to be fair. Um, yeah, and all I wanted was Danny California, and they didn't play it, oh, and I got really upset.
1: Okay, so here's a better way to phrase it: You've never been a Red Hot Chili Peppers album guy,
2: necessarily. I guess not. No, no. I can I kind of put them in the ballpark of Ooh. the Foo Fighters. Okay, in yeah, my yeah. Head. Stadium Whereas band, big singles are great. Right, the filler tracks are so fillery. Oh, interesting yeah. okay okay yeah. interesting because for me
1: it's like by the way is one of the most formative albums for me um yeah but yeah i'd really i really want your takes on this album and as i say the josh klinghoffer stuff very here to talk about that i'm here for you uh okay so that might you're here.
2: be i'm glad you're here for me Jeff. i
0: am here for
1: you <laughs> i'm here for you and i'm here for the outro today can you hear that strumming that's the sweet sweet strumming of you are done with this content you can tick it now you can go to your group chat and you can put uh, the culture, content consumption appraisal hour. Tick. You've, you've listened. Um, go watch Back we to the here. Future. We were here. You were here. See you for some more fun and hijinks next week. Uh, goodbye.
2: Take care.
0: If you don't like when we misspeak or boost the audio or unpeak the microphones bleed because they're so cheap we're sorry to your ears. If you don't like the intro, or the bit in the middle, or this outro Or if you don't like the whole show, question why why were you here? If you don't like the podcast, if you think we both speak too fast Too many tangents never stay on task, pick up a book instead If you don't like what we recommend If your patience wears thin towards the end If you think you could do better with your friend Please go ahead If you don't like this content Or like me, the word content Then please go be more content And never listen to us again